On this episode, we discuss Fifty Shades Darker. Live in Brooklyn, New York! Flophouse. I'm Dan McCoy. I'm Stu. Oh, wow. <laughs> Where did all these people come from? Hey! <laughs> Classic live podcast joke. I'm Stuart Wellington. And I'm Elliot Kalen. And I'm Hallie Hagland. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now I know what it was like to be the guy in the Maxell commercials. <laughs> <laughs> Blown oh, wow. back by that wall wow. of sound. That reference is old. <laughs> I can do older. That's right. The star of the show, Hallie Haglin, has joined us, right? For those uh, listening at home, Hallie is doing a sassy head motion. <laughs> as um, befitting her status as star of the show. So... Let's we talk do, about yeah. this movie. So, so this uh, is, she so wants this to jump look, right in. Oh, with wait, the no, House, look, what do we do on this podcast? You're the boss. Uh, this is a podcast where we watch a bad movie and then we talk about it. And tonight we watched Fifty Shades Darker, the sequel to Fifty Shades of Grey. And the prequel oh. to whatever the third one is called. No, I watched it. It's uh, fift, what is it? Fifty Shades Freed. Uh, it doesn't watch make it, but any they show it at the at end. They show the preview for it. What? what? You guys obviously didn't watch through the credits. You're right. I forgot to look for the bloops. Where <laughs> you know, the, there's I forgot a lot to of wait for Sam the... Jackson to come in and recruit me for the Fifty Shades Initiative. <laughs> you know, there's a thing where sometimes when I'm all finished with something, I just kind of fall asleep and forget about the rest. <laughs> That's my last sex joke for the rest of the night. Uh, wow. So I guess <laughs> you picked the wrong movie. <laughs> if anyone's listening to this now and their their parents are in the room or grandparents send the kids to bed or a child or a dog or even you think the NSA is listening. Save it for another time because we're probably going to get pretty ribald. This is Flophouse after dark. <laughs> oh no. So, this is a sex movie, Elliot, right? This is, uh, this this is, is one of those well, movies that you would see late at night, uh, <laughs> clutching your... Uh, what? Clutching with, your what well, are you going to oh, finish so that that's sentence the scenario. with? Oh, well, here's, so. It's one of these sentences that I started without actually knowing where I was going <laughs> well, with it. What am I clutching, Dan? My purse? My jewels? I don't worry that a... Purse a, is the I, only answer to that one. Worry that a cat burglar might come in and steal my <laughs> necklace? Here's the, here's the situation. The volume is down real low when you're hoping your parents are yeah. asleep. Maybe you've even, you're even surreptitiously recording it for more watching later. Or, honestly, you're not watching it. I don't know. You're watching a better sex movie. Because here's the thing about this, not to give any spoilers away. This is one of those sex movies that doesn't really seem to like sex very much and considers sex not to be that good or healthy for people unless you do it in the very specific way that God and the government tell you you should do it. 
We all got the manual in seventh grade <laughs> when the girls all went to one gym and learned about, I don't know, matching gloves to bags. <laughs> and the boys saw the video where guys check their testicles for cancer. Wait, you had a video? Because I remember at my class they gave us this little fake pair of testicles to They did that to too. With, we got which that was too. crazy. What? They gave what? Us, they gave Wait, us a, that happened? Yeah. What? They gave us a little fake rubber pair of testicles to, so we'd know what it feels like, and it was like, the skin is so rubbery, though. Like, this must be what Worf's skin feels like <laughs> when he's checking in the shower for testicular cancer. But they showed us a video where it was very graphic. If there's graphic. anything that I know what it feels like, it's my own testicles. <laughs> this, the, uh, then you, maybe you don't know what it is, and you're like, maybe that's a third testicle growing. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, they showed us a video that was just guys getting out of the shower and then checking themselves on camera. <laughs> How I remember, old were they? How old were the guys? Oh, they, were, they were like 19, you oh. know, shaved. And, uh, <laughs> and I remember all the guys in the class were like, how do you think they got that guys to do that? Do you think they're like prisoners that got some time off their sentence by being in this naked video? That was my first question. <laughs> yeah. I should have been in this class. <laughs> but now I'm realizing they're probably just porn actors that they hired for a medical video. Wait, Stuart, did you see this? No, I didn't watch Elliot's creepy video. <laughs> no, I just, First I, off, they were totally shaved. <laughs> this is why I was, I was wondering whether it's because we grew up in the Midwest and we were taught to be ashamed of our bodies. No, I mean, I was too busy playing with these fake testicles they gave us. <laughs> the teacher left the room for a second. I'm like, you're crazy. Those are immediately going to turn into somebody's little beard. Yeah, you're going <laughs> to start playing hacky sack with them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So Someone was upset about that. <laughs> the testicles aren't connected to a human. No one is feeling bad if you kick them. I think it was the play of words on sack. All right. Uh, so let's talk about what happens in this movie. So it's the sequel to Fifty Shades of Grey, which, as we all remember, was about a young woman who falls in love with a mysterious billionaire named Christian Grey. Her name is Anastasia. And, uh, Steele. Anastasia Steele. These are the real names that real people have. <laughs> and she falls in love with this billionaire who seduces her partly through his raw sexuality and partly because he's super rich and can just call a helicopter on Uber if he wants to. <laughs> and she, and, but he's also involved in light spank play and things like that. He has a room full of paddles and garbage, you know, whatever. And, li and she, <laughs> that he calls his... Wow. <laughs> Battles and garbage so or whatever. It's, he gets off on he gets off on S and M in a room that's very smelly. Uh, so there's uh, and uh, he calls his red room, and it's a secret that no one knows about except I guess everybody who works for him. Because I forget if she's in the first movie, but in this movie he has this assistant who takes care of his apartment, and every she's time she's the maid. She's not the assistant. She's not dressed as a maid in yes, a maid's she costume. Is. Now this is a different lady. She's but like each time he's about to take Anastasia into the room, she like smirks like I know what's gonna happen in there. But at the end of the movie, she says, "I want you to show me what you really want. Like show me what you want, what you really, really want." <laughs> and he says, "I wanna, I wanna, I wanna hit you even harder than I've been hitting you." And he hits her too hard, and she says, this is too much for me, and leaves, and gets in the elevator, and not since the end of Blade Runner, the director's cut. <laughs> Did an elevator door closing seem so final? Wait, so I, didn't, I was lost completely, because I had never seen the first one when I watched this what? one. I went into it blind. You wanted some kind of Star Wars-type crawl that explained <laughs> the story to you. Exactly. So when he hit her too hard, just 
Not... It was on the butt. Okay, thank yeah. you. Yeah, it was on the butt. Okay. This is a movie that... The place that is built for, for spanking. <laughs> God. As that God intended. Like, it sounds like that's an ad... That's an ad for a chain of butts, and at the end, like, a folksy voice just goes, the place that was built for spanking. I dearly hope that the butt is the place for spanking is on your Tinder profile, Dan. <laughs> If not, you are leaving money on the, on the floor. I hope it's on your business card. <laughs> Hello, I'm Dan McCoy. I'm a comedy writer, but here, the butt is the place for spanking. <laughs> Okay, so this movie, so they have broken up. Things are not looking great for the relationship between Anastasia and Christian Grey. He sends her a bunch of roses, and she almost just throws them in the trash. In a very slow scene, in which her thought, she might as well have a thought bubble above her head for how much every move is telegraphed in that scene. Uh, She doesn't throw them in the trash. No. Uh, So she, they've broken up, and she, we learn that she is irresistible to rich men with handsome chins as she starts her job as an assistant at a publishing house in a very cool loft space. Uh, they're in Seattle, home of the publishing industry. And I remember I watched the first half of this with my wife until she got bored. And there was... Because your wife was saying, I ain't watching something in Seattle unless fucking Frazier shows up. Somebody better be tossing some salad with scrambled eggs. <laughs> and you're like, honey, when did you get so raw about Frazier? <laughs> And, uh, she, and her big takeaway was, this woman could never have afforded that apartment on a publishing assistant's salary, because that's a job my wife had, and she had to get roommates. I think she does have, it is revealed she has roommates later in the movie. So Fifty Shades Darker, I apologize for accusing you of that crime. Uh, she goes to an art gallery, a show which is, to her surprise, made up of photos of her by a friend who clearly has a crush on her, who didn't tell her the gallery was... I thought was... he was gay. Yeah, I thought he was gay, too. Except that when she's like, hey, thanks, he's clearly crushed that she wasn't, didn't take as a hint. Everything about him is gay, except she's so irresistible. She is, Robert Palmer would say it best, simply irresistible. <laughs> mm-hmm. And not because she's some kind of That's like... Because she's, just because she's slicking her hair back, dancing robotically in the background with, with a bass... Guitar. Exactly. She doesn't do that. But you just she... described the video Elliot referenced. <laughs> oh, okay. No, I thought I, I, that's just my perfect woman. I didn't even think about that. Oh, yeah. Some kind of like pneumatic robot? Yeah. That plays bass? <laughs> <laughs> Elliot, I defy you to think of anything cooler than a bass player. I defy you. Can't do it. Can't do it. Unless it's Xander Cage. But anyway. Uh, so here's the thing about Anastasia. What makes her so sexy is that she doesn't know she's so sexy. She's an unassuming, kind of like shrinking violet. She's powerless and needs to be protected. And that powerlessness powerlessness creates a hold on men, which is her true power. Hallie, it looks like you've got an opinion on this. I just find, I find that very anti-feminist. <laughs> <laughs> that I read it that way or that the movie does that? No, that the movie does that and that you read it that way. It's like, what? You what? can't, wait a minute, hold on. <laughs> Explain. What's that? What's that song? What's that pop song that's like, you don't know you're beautiful, and that's what makes you beautiful? I get so mad when I hear that. I don't that. know that song. It's, oh, it's uh, like uh, One Direction? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, fuck you. <laughs> Hallie People says no it's direction. Like, yeah, it's, like, it's like, you know what's the sexiest thing in a woman? A lack of confidence. Exactly. <laughs> but to be fair, I mean, I never saw the first one, but. Oh, where she's super confident. 
Well, <laughs> she didn't seem that unconfident. Uh, no, she's not totally unconfident. But there's a, there's a part of her that's like... I mean, she... But she, she puts Chris... Wow. She doesn't take shit from Christian. That's true. Well, because she's seen him nude. Except she's, right know. away. When he's like, she's like, I can't talk to you. And he's like, let's go have dinner. And she's like, okay. Yeah. There's, <laughs> this movie is full of moments where Christian does something that is clearly him controlling and trying to buy her. And she's like, what? You can't do that. Well, I just did it. <laughs> well, it's a fait accompli now. That's <laughs> nothing I can do. So they do. Christian shows up. I can't talk to you. Well, we'll have dinner. Okay, great. He orders... Because he buys all of the pictures of her. Yeah. He orders his steak medium. Gross. And he then... He, he tries to order for her. Yeah. He tries to order for her, and she's like, uh, no, I'll have a salad. I'll have, I'll have the quinoa. Quinoa salad, because it's Seattle in Seattle. Um, and, so, and so he wins her over. He said, in the first movie, they had a contract that said how far they could go together because nothing says sex and romance like a contract. Just but like that was total moment, paperwork. That was the moment that I got kind of bummed because that was the only scene in the first movie I enjoyed at all. That's true. It was the contract and, writing because I just like contract, guys. Yeah. It's super funny to imagine their people getting together just to negotiate it without them because mm-hmm. like... That's a funny job. You have to know that they were negotiating very seriously, and then the lawyers must have just stopped him and like, you got to admit, it's kind of funny. <laughs> you just got to laugh. Yeah, you gotta, sometimes you got to laugh in this business. Uh, she says, okay. He's like, I'm open to a new, we'll, read, we'll redo the contract, you're in charge. And she goes, okay. And, he get, and of course, he, uh, he, does this one, he gives her a new phone? Or is that late? She like gets no, home. No, it's that. It, but it, it's when they t- he takes her home and he gives her. He gives her a computer and a phone because it's it's oh, she's in charge. Oh, a computer. Yeah, and uh, she texts him a, a text that does en- it have a good graphics card? <laughs> Can you, she play Doom on it? <laughs> I've already downloaded a bunch Doom of emulators for you, so. Uh, yeah. She, uh, she texts him and ends the text with the phrase, Laters, baby. And it was like, oh, this is somehow the grossest thing in the movie. C- capital B, by the way. Capital B, baby. yeah, baby. Because uh, maybe it's to the dinosaur, to the baby from dinosaurs. Uh, now, she is... <laughs> you said you weren't going to talk about baby Sinclair tonight. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. That was, that was part of Stuart's in my contract before the show. And I apologize. Oh, was that in your rider? I didn't know. It was in the rider, yeah. No baby Sinclair talk. Uh, and so throughout the movie, Chris, he, you Christian... You promised there would be not the mama. <laughs> no! No! So Christian keeps essentially trying... Keeps essentially trying to buy her. At one point, he transfers $24,000 to her account. He's like, let me give you $24,000. And he writes her a check, and she rips it off. And he goes, and he goes Siri, transfer $24,000 to her account. <laughs> and she goes, how did you get my account number? Stop that. Yeah. Well, let's go have sex, I guess. <laughs> let's, let's be clear about something. Christian Grey, like, the movie tries to make it... Like, the movie tries to have it both ways. The movie tries yeah. to... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The movie tries to get you mm. off on the bondage and discipline stuff. That's one way. And it tries to make you think that BDSM is a disease that needs to be cured. It fits into, like, that's... It, 
What were you saying? I don't mean to no, it's just like the most prudish sex movie. And like the thing about Christian Grey is... That sounds like a Disney movie from the 60s, like a live action <laughs> film. The most prudish sex movie. Starring Dean Jones. <laughs> no, but the, like the movie tries to make it out like Christian Grey is a creep in part because he likes like deviant sex. But the reason Christian Grey is a creep is he's a creep. Yeah. Like, no, but the, it's not the deviant sex. It's, it's like... that he controls... Yeah, because he controls her outside of it. But then I feel like it's also trying to like plug into some I don't like not a fantasy that I'm familiar with in terms of <laughs> women having. But just like when he's like, "I own you, you belong to me," and she's like, "No, I don't." But she like is kind of into it. it. Yeah. And then when he when she asks him to go on the trip, and he's like, "The answer is no." And like I, I feel like our mid like. This was supposed to be like really big with like housewives, mid- right? Are they like jerking it to like? No, yeah, I just can't go on that jerking trip. Jerking it like crazy. <laughs> <laughs> this this movie, I'm gonna say two I, things. One, the listener at home couldn't see Hallie's adorable jerk that motion, <laughs> was, which which motion. almost knocked Elliot off the toadstool he's sitting on. <laughs> there are times when Hallie is there's there's something adorable about you, Hallie. That's like a child that's heard about sex. <laughs> And it's like, this is how they do it. She, he kisses her and puts his tongue in her mouth and she has a baby. But like, <laughs> but uh, there's, okay, here's three points I'm going to make. One, yes, they are masturbating to that. Two, this movie makes the most sense if Christian is a vampire or a serial killer. And three, here's the, th- this movie fits into, and this is a double-headed point. This, this movie fits into... Gross, dude. So, yeah, sorry. Too much? This movie fits into two American traditions. One is titillating and then, con- and then condemning. I was about to say condemnating. <laughs> titillating and then making it okay by condemning. It's okay for me to be turned on by this because I'm going to know it's bad and it's going to be judged as bad. So that makes it okay. And number two, there is nothing for all the like... Hitting and butts in this movie. Yeah. There is nothing sexier or kinkier in this movie than money. Every time they want to show how great Christian is, he rents a boat and takes her on a boat. He takes her to his fam- rich family's like fancy Venetian-themed masquerade ball where there's an auction for a night in his dad's cabin and she, and she throws the $24,000 away. No, it's like, her, his, his cabin. Oh, it's his cabin. In Aspen. In Aspen. It's... it's it's a condo. It's not a condo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's not that impression. Yeah. So, like, this movie is, it's squarely, it's like the thing that's going to get people hard and or wet is, is like. <laughs> Thank you for specifying. Sometimes yeah. both. Sometimes both. Is looking I'm getting much, old, guys, is, is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> is like. Look at how much money he has. Look at how easy life is for him because he's got so much money. He can do whatever he wants because he's totally rich. Like the he doesn't really go to work, right? No, I mean he's he's basically a Bruce, has Bruce Wayne's job, where his job is to put on a suit, sit through a meeting, board, and then get up and leave whenever he wants. <laughs> no, but we also forgot to mention that. Okay, so she's working at this publishing house, and right when they get together, he's like. I'm buying that publishing house. Yeah. She's like, yeah. Christian, this is my job. And he's like, I, no, it's not even about you. I've been meaning to get into publishing. And she's like, okay. Yeah. She's like, that makes sense. Publishing is on the rise. <laughs> <laughs> and there's never a better time. It's a wise investment for a billionaire. <laughs> it's literally like, it's, it, like it's the Citizen Kane moment of him buying the newspaper, except he's doing it to own a woman. Yeah. 
so anyway, but the movie wins us back over with all the on-the-nose slow R&B jams that show up over the sex scenes. So it's kind of tough uh, to hear those R&B jams. I watched it at the bar again as part of a double feature. Now, which bar is that, Stuart? Interlands Bar in Kensington. Check it out. <laughs> Thanks, Dan. Uh, I'll, I'll give you your money after the show. Um, <laughs> So we were watching at the bar, and we had, previous, we had just gotten done watching Triple X, uh, Return of Xander Cage, yeah! which really tested the limits of my sound system. <laughs> so when we were playing uh, Fifty Shades Darker, anytime there was any kind of variance in sound, the whole sound system would blow out, and we'd just have to read the, uh, we'd have to read the, what, closed captioning? So like, when the gun goes off, spoiler alert, there's a gun. When the helicopter makes a backfire noise, Anytime the R&B jams got too exciting, the sound would go off. Because uh, there's, there's, they found the most on-the-nose music. There's a part later in the movie where Anastasia, has, she's like overcome her difficulties and she wants to go further with Christian. And the music literally starts on like, I'm not afraid anymore. <laughs> I'm not afraid anymore. Bring it on me. And it's like, seriously? Like, the, the weirdest sex scene is when they're having sex and it's like, thank you for being a friend. <laughs> That was the sexiest scene. Yeah. I got ketchup on my blue jeans. <laughs> Streaks on the china, never been there before. What would we do, baby, without us? <laughs> well, there's a Just, time for love and a time for living. <laughs> you take the good, you, you take, take the bad. bad, you take them both and Whatever happened to predictability? <laughs> this, the movie would be so much better if that was the soundtrack. <laughs> Classic Flophouse medley. Yeah. How did the Alf song go? Alf. Alf, Alf, Alf. I guess there are no lyrics. Okay, Alf. So there's so there's three different kind of danger subplots in the movie. One is the woman who inducted Christian Grey into SM when he was a teen, Kim Basinger. The Kim Basinger? Playing a character. Oh, okay. Not Kim. She's not playing Kim Basinger. And she's trying to keep Anastasia away from Christian. What was her name? Elaine? Something like that. Yeah, like from Seinfeld. I don't know. Uh, and it's, there's, there's something... I don't know if putting Kim Basinger in this movie just heightened the fact that, like, Nine and a Half Weeks was a little more of a sexy movie, right? <laughs> like, they did, like, a, a kind of intense relationship way better than this movie does. Yeah, sure, I guess. And, it, I mean, it helped that they knew there was a deadline, so they had to really amp it up. And there was a... <laughs> Why I can't take a lot of time. I only have eight and a half I, weeks I left. Like, why did they just round it up to ten weeks? That's what I always wondered, you know? Because they're playing off of that, uh, the, the Fellini film, eight and a half weeks. Trip. They had an Airbnb uh, plan. Uh, <laughs> yeah. They wanted to do ten weeks, yeah, but they had to get out because it wasn't available for those other days. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they had an Air s There's no way any Airbnb would rent to Mickey Rourke for nine <laughs> weeks. <laughs> <laughs> So there's, there's that. There, there's actually, there's four of these. There's Christian dealing with his memories of his mom. His, mom, his real biological mom OD'd. He was left with the body for four days when he was a kid. And the woman who's oh, now... When did that happen? In flashbacks. <laughs> it happened when he was a kid. But we didn't know he was left with the body for four days. No, he mentions it at one point. He keeps calling her his birth that? mom or his biological mom. Because she was. Okay. I right. know, but there was something weird about... <laughs> Story checks out, uh, and his adopt because <laughs> he, he was adopted by this billionaire family. There's also, but he was also like 
burned with cigarettes by yeah. his mom's like boyfriend. So all over his father, chest. Father, I don't know. We don't know. There's all over his chest. There's burn marks, and at one point, and that's the yeah. He takes a lipstick and he just he draws. He doesn't take it. Oh no, he told he, he directs her, her as she draws a, a rectangle around his chest, and he goes, "Those are my boundaries. That's a map of my pain, or something." Because he like won't that. let he won't. Yeah, let yeah it's her a road map of pain. Like, What's that? Hellraiser. And then, yeah. then, <laughs> and then yeah, and then and then Pinhead comes out and he's like, "Don't drag me into Why this." Why do I keep talking about fucking Hellraiser tonight? <laughs> and then later on, uh, there's a scene in the shower where she washes away his boundaries in the most obvious symbolism ever. I love that scene because when <laughs> they they start kissing and then the shower's already on and they rush into it making out and take their clothes off and I was like who turned the shower on? <laughs> no that's a different scene oh that's a different scene yeah, it was like did the assistant scene. see them making out it was like I better turn on that shower <laughs> or did Christian go like wait 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 and run and turn the shower on and get the temperature right and then run back and be like okay let's go now let's go now the moment's still good keep that moment going Okay, so that's sub. Ellen okay. is showing that he is uh, he is practiced at shower sex, I guess. You, well, it's an interesting turn window. it on unless he has a voice activated shower, in which case the future is here. Why are we talking about S and M when that's what we should hey be guys. talking about? Underwater sex. Has anyone tried it? <laughs> uh, in joke. In joke. Okay, so Kim Basinger, she's trying to get back on her old territory. He's got his traumatic memories. Number three, there's a mysterious girl, woman, but she, who keeps stepping out and seems to be a threat to Anastasia. Turns out to be an old sub of Christians. And number four, Anastasia's so wait, boss then, has the hots for her and he's not taking no for an answer. So first off, let me talk about point number three. Doesn't Anastasia describe her as like, this strange woman with bandages on her wrist? Yes. Like, come on, dude. Even, like, that's the easiest movie shorthand. That's like when any time a woman barfs in the morning or at all in a movie, you're like, oh, you're pregnant, dude. Well, bandages on the wrist. It's not like... I love the idea of Stuart as a doctor. You're pregnant, dude. (laughs) Deal with it. Da-doy. And you're getting Adele. Yeah. No, but I I get it, Stuart. You're getting Adele, dude, and you're preggers. (laughs) This, this definitely veered from the nuance of the rest of the movie. <laughs> I'm totally with you there. Touche. Now I want to talk about point number four that you mentioned, Elliot. Her boss, he kind of looks like Garrett Dillahunt if he was a little sexier. <laughs> that guy who laughed knows what I'm talking about. Uh, so anyway, so each of these subplots... He ceded the floor to me, I guess. Here's the thing with this movie. Each of these subplots is taken care of almost immediately when they come to a head. The girl shows up in Anastasia's apartment with a gun. No, that's... They like no, no, plant the seeds at the beginning. They plant sorry, they plant the seeds at the beginning. And then they're totally irrelevant for an hour. all of the middle of the movie. And then at the end, she shows up with a gun. Christian walks in because of course Anastasia is under surveillance at all times because he loves her. And <laughs> and walks in and commands her because she her sub train it's like a weapon X type thing. Like her <laughs> sub training is still in there, so she he's able to command her oh, to yeah. give him the gun. You know, this is what it was so amazing. So he goes. So he walks in, and she's pointing the gun at Anastasia. Paint a word picture for us. And he gestures so that, he'll, that she'll move the gun to pointing at him. And she's like, Christian, no, Anastasia. Christian, no. And then, <laughs> and then he's like, he just stops her with his hand. And then he just goes, 
I'm for like the podcast for the podcast. A beckoning to give the gun. Puts it in his pocket, and then he says, "Neil." But when I was watching it, <laughs> I thought he said, "Heel." <laughs> <laughs> wow. And I was like, "That is so fucked up." <laughs> Now, the, the hottest thing about that is he takes that pistol and he sticks it in his pocket where I'm assuming a pair of used, what, anal or vaginal beads are sitting? No, oh, no, I forgot oh, about that. Another, I that's forgot the best part. that he gives her a pair of vaginal beads to wear at his family's fancy auction house. I, I want to say something about this. Or now, were they anal beads, Dan? What do they look like to you? I thought they were like Benoit balls. They're Benoit balls. Okay, they're Benoit balls. They're, they're like Captain Queeg was using them and then gave them to... They're for the vagina. However, like... And they and yeah, let me tell you, me when barf. he puts them in, they go in real easy. Yeah. Well, and, I don't know uh, what she was using, but uh, she was using her own her saliva. Mouth. He made her let, put them in her mm. mouth. Yeah. But still, she they, she must have had them in her mouth for like a minute and a half. You saw I, that. You saw the. Footage. Yeah, they didn't soften up at all. <laughs> I, I feel like a marker of how like vanilla the movie actually is, though. Is like this movie like wants it to be like. Like, this is the kinkiest shit ever. Like, you have never seen kinkier shit than this. This is You've like, never even imagined you've this am- stuff. You've never imagined. Like, and she, he pulls out these balls, and, and she immediately goes, those aren't going in my butt. <laughs> and I was thinking while I was watching it, if this movie had the courage of its convictions, those would be going in her butt. <laughs> I thought they were definitely going in her butt. And then he's like, no, no, no. They're not going in your butt. <laughs> As if they're going someplace <laughs> way crazy. They're just going oh, in your no. vagina. They're going in your ears. <laughs> but what's weird is that, so this movie doesn't have the courage of the convictions that that Katherine Heigl movie has where she has the vibrating panties on and, yeah. and the kid gets a hold of the remote control and she's just coming all over the place during a business dinner because this Anastasia is wearing them and they go to this fancy ball in front of his family and she sits down and goes, oh, and he goes, now you see what they do? Never brought up again. <laughs> She like laughs at something and she's like, (gasps) (gasps) that's her her overreaction at like every possible physical stimuli is exhausting. (laughs) Like he like touches her and she's like, (gasps) that's the kind of effect a guy like Christian Grey has on ladies. She orgasms immediately no matter what is going on. Yeah, it must be a terrible disability to live with. Yeah, yeah. No, but also there's like a scene, like talking about the sex scenes, because like that's that's all we care okay, about. And then right? I, I want to get I want to get back to the stuff. We'll with get back to the plot boss. later. But okay. like, let's talk about the the raison d'être of the movie. Yeah. The, <laughs> thank you, Elliot. That means that means the a tray of raisins. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, there's a scene where she's like, spank me, and he spanks her three times like a man who has never spanked a woman. And then so how do, to describe that, how, how does a man who's never spanked a woman spank a woman? He, he does it like with this weird like half-closed palm, and he just goes in. Like he's going like, to throw a knuckleball? Yeah. He goes in. There's no follow-through. He just sort of stops when he reaches the... I mean, I, I understand that this is like a movie with actors. They can't actually Actors like, who, by all accounts, did not like each no, other. No, no. Really? But, I, if apparently they did not care for each other instead of the first one. Maybe they, I don't know, maybe they buried the hatchet. But there's three spanks... Yeah, all right. Not that's a phrase people use. <laughs> There's no innuendo in that one. There's three spanks, and then it's just like, and now the missionary sex. And it's like, if there's one thing I know about people who like spanking, it's that they love to just stop after three spanks. 
It's the rule of threes, Dan. Yeah. I gotta say, nothing makes me happier than Dan getting mad at how boring the sex is. <laughs> this was a perfectly good movie. It could have been a perfectly good movie about butts, and then they fucked it all up. <laughs> and there's a lot more boob shots in this movie. There's less butts, I think, than even in the first one. Yeah. There's more nudity than I expected. I would expect it with the sequel that they would have been like, nah, we don't need to put that in. People and are also, do you feel like this, this was less up. sexy than the first one? Having not seen the first one. They're both pretty yes. unsexy. They're both pretty unsexy. Yeah. And also, speaking of butts, there should have been more... <laughs> As you often are. There should have been... I feel like that segue should just go assumed whenever you're about to say something. There is a dearth of male nudity in this film. For a... I... For a film that was like uh, based on a book that was written for, by and for women, there's very little male. He nudity. has a lot of sex with his pants on. Yeah, he like he doesn't even. Yeah, he like gets her fully nude. You see everything about her, and then he like undoes his buckle, and he's like having sex with her. It's the ultimate fantasy. <laughs> no, there's literally a scene where he still has put his on jeans a brown on. t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> That's, I think that's a reference to something that wasn't on the podcast. That's a reference to part of the pre-show. Yeah. But he's like, there's we, a scene... We had David Duchovny's brown t-shirt diaries. <laughs> there's a scene where he's like, his jeans are like halfway down his butt and they're having sex. Yeah, that's the sexiest part of the butt. So you're like, <laughs> yeah, you want to see the full butt. I mean, the there, butt. Was, there was the very sensual scene when he was working out and he has a pummel horse in his workout room. And he just, he just balances on it for a long time. I know. I was like, this would be so hardcore if he started doing like a gymnast routine <laughs> on this. That's a, and, and they're trying to present it like it's super sexy, but I'm like, movie, I've seen fucking Magic Mike XXL. You do nothing for me. Yeah. In a world where that exists. Anyway, so. We're, I wanna we're get, way behind. I want to get back to the plot. Speaking of behind, yeah. we're way behind. Uh, I'm going to get back to the, to the plot in the last strands. Her, her boss uh, sexually harasses her. Christian, of course, has bought the company and fires him. Hey, there's nobody who understands the fiction editor's work like the fiction editor's assistant. I guess we'll just promote the newest person in the office to the highest position. That's what happens to Anastasia. And yeah. she has a great breakthrough idea. Let's get young authors that people on the internet like. <laughs> and yeah. they treat yeah. this How like it is... How popular is he? He's had 80,000 hits in the last month. <laughs> they that treat was like this her like big yeah. sell. it is the like, idea is the of the author. century. <laughs> the option was either print fewer books or print more books. <laughs> and she went with print more books. It's around this time that uh, uh, Anastasia's a little bit afraid of what Christian might want to do, and he admits that he's not a dom, he's a sadist. He likes to make women hurt because it's revenge on his mom. And he says, and I know how fucked up that is. And it's like, if even the guy in the movie doesn't like the thing that gives him sexual pleasure, then like, I don't know, movie. Uh, uh, and there's a, but this is when, okay, Christian proposes to her. She decides to, she says, I'll think about it. She, she wants to, he wants to make the ultimate commitment. Because you know what? There's no stronger bondage than a wedding ring. Because that's a bondage of souls. Uh, I guess you're getting money from Zales now? <laughs> hey, guys, did you know every kiss begins with K? <laughs> wow, Zales is going to be angry with you. <laughs> I'm taking from, I'm like Yojimbo. I'm working both sides. <laughs> setting them against each other. This is last man standing. 
She decides, she says something about it. She decides, of course, that she is going to answer the proposal in the form of giving him for his birthday a novelty keychain that says yes. But before he opens it, before he opens it, he's in a helicopter crash. What? He's in a helicopter and crashes into the beautiful Pacific Northwest. <laughs> this is the point in the movie where the news of his disappearance is all over TV. And I was like, oh, so he's famous? Yeah. He's a billionaire. Okay, like, uh, there's, there's a lot of billionaires out there. Anyway. Uh, if only... Actually, no, go on, Hallie. This is the part of the movie where I cried. Uh, <laughs> and Hallie, I want you to tell us. I want you to tell it and I want you to tell us. Because she goes, so she goes back to the apartment that he's now given her a key to, which was a big step. Uh, but he says you can bring some of your yeah. stuff here, and it's like uh, he might as well opened his soul. Right. But so she's there, and his family, Marsha Gay Harden, his his adoptive mother, but he named a boat after her, Grace. Yeah. You know, he loves. <laughs> okay, so she's watching. So they're all watching the cov- coverage in. She's like, he, he, he can't be dead. And she's like, we didn't have any time. And like, that's when I started crying. <laughs> well, lucky for you, Hallie, that no less than, I think, four or five minutes after the crash scene, Christian <laughs> walks back into the apartment. <laughs> it's okay, everybody. He survived. Oh. And uh, she says, he opens his, his present, sees that the novelty keychain that says yes, <laughs> and she's accepted his proposal. That's, according to my notes, when they have their shower sex in their clothes. Yes, that was... And when they go to the Red Room and the song plays that says, I'm not afraid anymore. Now, were you were you hoping that he was going to come back like Mr. Rainsford and Jane Eyre all, like, burned up oh, and shit? Oh, yeah, all scarred well, and blind. Blood. But, like, kind of awesome and burned up. I wanted to come back as, like, Darkman, yeah. <laughs> A lot like Darkman. <laughs> So he can't feel pain anymore, and he has other powers, I think. <laughs> the question is whether he can feel pleasure now, and he has a machine that makes faces. That's what Dark Man's about, right? Some kind of face-making machine? So yeah. that would, that would it's fit about a perfectly. nose that explodes. Wait, That's he has a nose that explodes? No, remember, he's like trying to simulate the flesh, and that nose just like goes... <laughs> explodes was selling remember. it quite a lot, yeah. yeah. So uh, there's also the point where someone's like, Christian, you're only 27. And I was like, no way. Wait, Come on. Get the fuck out of here. No way. I missed that. But, uh, Seriously? He looks bad for 27. He looks, yeah. <laughs> that was the first moment where I was like, maybe this guy was left with his mom's dead body for four days because he does not look 27. Yeah, he's like a ghoul or something. He's got crypt rot. <laughs> uh, let, to make a long story short, this is when the, when the movie gets ultra soap opera because there's like a party for his birthday. He announces the engagement. Kim Basinger uh, confronts Anastasia. And for says, the second time. We didn't mention before at the party he already, she already confronted she's her. She's like, but keep your, in the keep shitter, your distance. Right? You can't change him. What? Yeah. She confronted her in the shitter of that fancy yeah. house. Yeah, yeah. 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 That's they what both... they call it in a real fancy house. <laughs> it, there was, she, left, she walked out of a stall buckling her belt and went, woo! Hey. <laughs> You better stay away from Christian, because you think you can tame him. But you can't tame him any more than I could tame that. Gotta go. And then, so uh, Kim Basinger says, so I see you didn't take my advice. And Anastasia says, you're trying to take him away from me. And Christian says, and throws champagne in her face. Christian shows up and it says, was, uh, One second, can it I was a martini. Oh, sorry. I just want to talk about the champagne in this movie. All What's right. going on, dude? There's no bubbles no in bubbles. any of this fucking champagne, it's right? It's clearly not Corbell. Is it lube? <laughs> yeah. There's a part where 
There's a part where he... It explains why they're drinking it. He he pours something on Anastasia, and she shudders as if a thousand waves of pleasure just went through her. And Hallie and I can't agree on what that liquid was. I thought it was oil. I thought it was champagne. We'll in never the red know. room, do you guys? What what would you guys? I think? thought it was oil, probably pee pee. Okay, probably pee. So let's pee. go on. Uh, and so she How throws. Does the movie end? She throws. That's her why it was. Pee-pee. Yeah, that's why it was so oily. She throws her drink in Kim Basinger's face. Wait, is there something wrong with my pee pee, guys? <laughs> Please stop saying pee pee. Oh, I gotta go to the doctor. Hey, dude, it's me, Stuart the doctor. <laughs> There's Just a problem this with cup your... all over. Kim There's Basinger. a problem with your peepee, dude. <laughs> He's like a doctor who who has a bunch of surfboards up in his office. <laughs> And he's always yeah, just posters str- uh, like posters that say sports. Yeah, and he, he's he's strumming on an unplugged in electric guitar <laughs> while right. he diagnoses you. We're so close to being at the end of this movie. He goes he goes We're to We're edging, sc- dude. Wait, he goes to scrub in for surgery and he has to wash his puka shell necklace. <laughs> okay, so Christian walks up. He has the best line of the movie in my opinion where he says, "You taught me to fuck, but she taught me to love." And then and his, and his adopted mother overhears this, slaps Kim Basinger in the face, and we're in full-on dynasty because mode at that they point. they were best friends. They were best friends before that, because she didn't get that, he, apparently, Kim Basinger sexually abused him, but then somehow, when she heard that very small comment, she understood the whole breadth of, yeah. like, the Suddenly, deep abuse that happened. There was some kind of usual suspects montage they cut where all, this, all the clues from the past th- 27 years, or 12 years... Because he's only 27. Filter back in. So she, Kim Basinger has been cast out by like the scarlet woman she is. It looks like Anastasia and Christian are going to be able to settle down and just be non-SNM missionary folks. Fireworks go off because, again, they're super rich. They have he, a scene gives where, he gives her a ring. Is there a, a scene where Kim Basinger is stripped of all her vestments, like one of the Skeksis in the Dark Crystal? <laughs> I would have loved if they had some kind of sword. Fu- yeah, they had to cut off parts of a block of stone so she could stay. Yep, and then a bunch of Gartham come out, and I'm like, whoa, I'm into this movie now. <laughs> uh, Fifty Shades Darker Crystal, yeah. <laughs> oh. Oh, oh. It's a real cat on a hot tin tin roof situation there. Oh, you man. really got it. Imagine how much butt whipping you could do if you have six arms like one of the ancients. Oh. Maybe they only had four. I don't remember. Anyway, uh, everything looks like it's going to be great, right? But we know there's another movie in the series. How could they have reached such a picture-perfect ending? Because far away, on a rock mountaintop, watching the festivities, who is it? It's several details we forgot to include earlier on. We were just like what? describing these. Like what? Which was... The creepy boss who sexually harassed. Okay, we, we talked. About, yeah. I know we talked he about got it, fired. but we didn't say that there was some anonymous person at the birthday party that took a picture of Christian Gray's family yeah. portrait. And when I saw it, I was like, "Oh, that's like uh, Anastasia's boss. Why is he at that party?" Oh. <laughs> but apparently, it was supposed to be. You didn't think it was just like some guy going to a party? He's like, oh, there's some nice pictures here. I'll take photos right. with my phone like a normal person. Well, he's like, right. uh, what's, that, what's the modern artist who takes pictures of bit, fine art pictures in, in museum settings or home settings and that answer comment on the institutional qualities of the art market? Who am I talking about? <laughs> it right, was yeah, in the New Yorker. Let's crowdsource this fucking thing. Okay, anyway. Well, the point is, 
The point is, he's got that picture because he got it developed super fast. That's crazy, dude. Oh, yeah. He took it to a one Thank hour God photo. Thank God we did place. that analogy. It really helped out then. So somebody listening to this is going to like it. Anyway, so he's standing, he's standing like a timber wolf watching everything that's going to happen, like a mountain lion. And he's got this picture that he just took a little earlier. And he's, he looks like something bad's happened to him. His life's falling apart. And he takes a cigarette. And he burns a hole through Christian Gray's face in the photo. Which you know Christian would be into, dude. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair. And you're left wondering, uh-oh, how is Christian Gray, a billionaire who could survive a helicopter crash, gonna deal with an unemployed book editor? <laughs> <laughs> I guess we'll have to stay tuned for Fifty Shades Free. Yeah, all right. Well, let's move on finally to final judgments, whether this was a good, bad movie, a bad, bad movie, or a movie you kind of liked. Ali, what do you have to say? Uh, I'm gonna. This is. I'm gonna say one thing. I thought this was a bad, bad movie, but I still thought it was a better movie than the first one. Yeah. Because a few things happened in it. <laughs> Whereas the first one, not a lot happened in it. What do you think, Hal? I thought it was a good, bad movie. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I did think it. Like, I texted you, Dan, after I watched it. Yeah. I did think it was the greatest love story of our time. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, a little slow. I feel like there's, there's, a, there's a good, bad movie hidden in this one if they could cut, like, 35 minutes out of it. I do think... I think Dakota Johnson should be given props because she is good in this. She's pretty good. And she has, like, nothing to work with. Yeah. No, I would agree with that. Uh, I think it's a, I think it's a bad, bad movie, but it's kind of fun. To, it's more fun to watch than the first one. I agree because I think it has a sense of humor about itself a little bit. I feel like they kind of know it's ridiculous, and it's a bunch of talented people being like, "All right, we got to make this fucking movie." <laughs> so they, so they put like secret jokes in there, uh, and it's better than the first one because there's a Chronicles of Riddick poster in the background of one scene. That was amazing. <laughs> I forgot. I remember seeing it, but I don't remember where it was. Do you remember? It was in Christian Gray's bedroom. It's like his child. That's right. It's like his childhood bedroom. Yeah. It's something that I can only assume that when he and Anastasia had sex in his childhood bedroom, she was staring at the whole time. If only it was. So Riddick. yeah, I'd probably was... say it's. I'd say this is a good bad movie. I I find it kind of fascinating. There's something about how like I know what this movie's trying to do. It's trying to put this couple as this like you know they're on this collision course where they're going to get together. And there's nothing in the movie that indicates that they should be together. Like, as you were saying, like, every time he does, constantly does these, like, fucked up abusive relationship things, and then she immediately forgives him when he's like, I'm going to draw a square on my chest. Like, fuck off. <laughs> but the... I just, find, I just found it kind of fascinating and weird, and it's... Oh man, it's just so strange. So, it's so and also within the context of knowing like how successful this is, I'm like, this people are really into this. Like, yeah. there's a lot of people out there who are really into this, which makes it that much more fascinating. And I don't know, like, I don't know if I'm like white knighting or something, but I think Dakota Johnson actually does a pretty good job with the movie. That's why I'm, I agree. I'm... Hey, Biz. Have you seen any good movies lately? Hey, Teresa. Does Curious George's Boo Fest count? It doesn't. Mm. Well, I blame my current life situation that has small children that need things. 
God, I love them. And I miss knowing about stuff. (laughs) Well, after catching up on the current cultural offerings on podcasts that provide such information, (laughs) join us on One Bad Mother as we help explore the harsh realities of sweeping self-identity changes as we try to find ourselves between our pre- and post-kid selves. I used to like all the things. Download One Bad Mother on MaximumFun.org or Apple Podcasts. And yes, there will be swears. MaxFunCon tickets are on sale now at MaxFunCon.com. Watch stand-up comedy on a mountain. Roll out of bed after a dance party to see a live podcast taping. Take classes from amazing teachers with the most supportive group of people you'll ever meet. Make a bunch of friends and eat a ton of s'mores. Come to MaxFunCon at Lake Arrowhead, California, the second weekend of June, for friendship, comedy, and creativity. Get your ticket now at MaxFunCon.com. Hey, it's Dan here, breaking in uh, with a few messages from sponsors and Jumbotrons. Sorry that I'm flying alone. I know you like hearing those other two jokers, those other two crack ups those other two jerks talk. But, uh, you know, sometimes you got to do it solo. And uh, speaking of solo, it's not actually speaking of solo at all. Uh, I'm just looking for a segue, and one did not present itself to me. Blue Apron. Blue Apron is your number one place to get fresh, pre-portioned ingredients and step-by-step recipes right to your door that can be, put, that can be cooked rather in under 45 minutes. The menu changes every week based on what's in season and is designed by Blue Apron's in-house culinary team or culinary team. Either way is correct. You can look it up in the dictionary. Blue Apron sends only non-GMO ingredients and meat with no added hormones. Now listen, Blue Apron is treating the Flophouse listeners to their first dinner. A $30 value if you visit blueapron.com slash flophouse. So check out this week's menu and get your $30 off with free shipping at blueapron.com slash flophouse. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. You know, people say I read these things too slowly. And uh, maybe they're right. I don't know. Should I speed through the next one? Is that insulting to our uh, fine sponsor who paid for a certain length of a spot? Who knows? Who knows? I don't know. I should know. I'm the producer of this damn show. But that brings us to Squarespace. Squarespace. Things you can do with Squarespace? Well, you can create a beautiful website to showcase your work. You can sell products and services of all kinds. You can announce an upcoming event or special project. All the things you can do basically with a website, you can do with Squarespace. And Squarespace does this by giving you beautiful templates created by world-class designers that are easy to customize for your site. Powerful e-commerce. Com- yeah, They don't give you that. And uh, frankly, I'm really, uh, you know, more websites should give you ba-da-ba-da-ba-da. I mean, there's literally... You know, I can only think of one that gives you ba-da-ba-da-ba-da, and that's ba-da-ba-da-ba-da.com. It's spelled like it sounds. No, what I meant to say is it has powerful e-commerce functionality. Everything optimized for mobile right out of the box with built-in search engine optimization and analytics and 24-7 award-winning customer support. 
So head to squarespace.com for a free trial, and when you're ready to launch, use the offer code FLOP to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Now, this is the point in the Squarespace ad where Elliot would probably say something like, Dan, can I use Squarespace to do my website poopcastles.com? And I would... And he would go on on a long rant about what poopcastles.com would be. I'm assuming castles made of poop, although maybe it's just a castle where you can go to poop. And I would say, yes, Elliot, you dummy. Any website can be done with Squarespace. So let's just pretend that that happened here. We got a couple of jumbotrons on the docket here. Uh, Silver Screen Redemption Podcast is making fun of bad movies not enough for you sometimes. At the Silver Screen Redemption podcast, you can help us make bad movies. Specifically, we make bad sequels to all your favorite movies, like La La Land, It, and All Dogs Go to Heaven. Look for the Silver Screen Redemption on iTunes or wherever you download podcasts. Wherever you download podcasts. We have a personal Jumbotron message as well. This goes out to Annie and Rafe from Sean and Sky. And it says, Happy Cagemas. Hopefully this comes out in Cagemas. Otherwise, happy belated Cagemas. Thank you for introducing us to the original Peaches and hope you guys have a great time in BC and may all your Cagemas wishes come true. That's nice. Um, I don't know what Cagemas wishes are. Maybe uh, a new castle? Not a poop castle. but um, So back to the show where we're taking questions. See you on the other side. All right. Uh, We should move on because we're running long to our final segment of the evening, which is taking some questions from the audience. There's a microphone over to the left of the stage here. If you uh, were at the early show and... uh, didn't get to ask a question. Rush over as fast as you can, I uh, guess. And if you were at the early, sh- if you weren't at the early show, I guess also rush over. Or no, what? I just feel bad about the people we weren't able to get to. Uh, You're right, because Dan, this is a special time. It's a special we time that we all get up, to Hallie. share together. Sally, stand up and join us, because this is a time. This is the time to remember when you get to ask us questions. This is the time to dismember. If you caught the guy who killed your parents, this is the time to remember. Was this the same guy or did you get the wrong guy? This is the time for November. No, wait, it's June. November's too soon. This is the time for the questions, and they will not ask forever. This is the time for the questions, and I will not stop. No, never. (laughs) Hallie, take it. It's It's kind of like how in Fifty Shades of Grey, the music just kind of matched the moment, right? Yeah, yeah. I apologize for everyone who's too turned on now because of that. Uh, Sir, you've been waiting patiently while Elliot is saying. What's your question? Uh, Hi, I'm Andy. I flew in from Singapore. I'm just here for a couple days. I got to stop by. Thanks for flying in, I assume, just for this show, and you fly out tomorrow. Exactly. Um, I used to have a very vested interest in sex toys, and I want to know... What? It's that kind of night, everybody. <laughs> what are the best sex toys in movies? 
that you've seen? Uh, yeah. Best sex toys in movies. Hello? Okay, wait. I had a problem with the mic for a second. But now it's back. Best sex toys in movies. Well, you guys have seen Seven, right? Well... <laughs> no, not that one. Not that one. Not that one. <laughs> I don't now, know that now, I... Is this in mainstream films yeah, or in pornographic I've films? Seen, yeah, I've seen sex toys in certain films that I have watched primarily on my computer. <laughs> but I don't know about mainstream Primarily. Films. Sometimes on a Jumbotron. <laughs> sometimes I want to share the experience with others. Yeah, you know, a power glove can be a sex toy from the movie The Wizard. If you're using it right. I, I don't know. I don't know. Oh, someone, someone shouted out Sleeper for what's it called? Your Gasmatron or something? I don't know if I'd call that a sex toy so much as a sex booth. It's a little, it's a little big and expensive to call a toy, but... And uh, I think somebody also shouted out the pie from American Pie, I'm assuming. Yeah. Just that's more fine. I'll say <laughs> <that's>, that one. <laughs> Certainly uh, tastes good. That's as good an answer as any. All right. <laughs> Thank you for that question. Stumped us. It the stumped the show flop gets a little blue. A little blue. <laughs> Kyle, last name withheld? Hi, Kyle. Katarn, I'm assuming. Oh. Well, from Star Shadows Wars, of the Empire? Star Wars. That's from not Dark Shadow. War? That's oh. fucking Dash Rendar, dude. Oh, sorry, I have to sorry. call it out because I feel Ooh. like you've oh, already so made sorry. that joke for a Kyle. Okay. <laughs> Go um, on. Your question. So I recently re-listened to the last Airbender episode, which sure. is a really bad movie based on a really good franchise. Uh-huh. So I was wondering if you've ever seen a bad movie based on a franchise that even though you didn't like the movie, you were still interested to check out what the franchise was about. Hmm. I feel like uh, it's not a. I guess it's kind of a franchise, but like when I saw Dune as a kid, I was like, I don't know what's happening in this movie, but I want to read this book real bad. And I liked it a lot. <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> um, I can talk about Dune some more. It's weird how much of the Flophouse has become a Dune podcast, but... (laughs) (laughs) That's why. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's movies uh, like The Mask that I was like, I'm kind of interested in reading the source material. What's going on here? Uh, But I guess that was a good, great movie because it gave culture so many great lines like smoking and all the other somebody stop me somebody stop me yeah somebody stop me contributed cameron diaz to the world Uh uh-huh yeah and a dog with a mask on like totally pees on dudes (laughs) i think that's i think i have a a theme tonight where i'm talking about pee pee (laughs) dan hallie I'm not, I'm, I don't even have an answer to this question because I don't even really understand it, so I'm not sure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Dan, Dan, is there some, like, manga you want to read because you love the anime so much or didn't care for it? Yeah, let's say that. Let's move on. Okay, sure. next question. <laughs> hey, dudes. Hey, Hallie. Hey, dude. Um, I'm I a dude. Love- Excuse me. <laughs> Everything I say is like automatically feminist. Weirdest feminist rallying (laughs) cry. Ladies can be dudes too. Um, I am a big fan of the Flophouse, but I'm also a big fan of your work as the Hogs Bottom Three. Oh, thank you. Stuart Wellington's baby. 
I'm hoping to start up a D&D podcast of my own, and I'm wondering if you have advice for how to keep a D&D podcast entertaining and not a lot of math. Stuart? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think a lot of that falls on the, on the dungeon master. Obviously, your players could spend the whole time jibber-jabbering and hanging out in a bar the whole time. Uh, I would say for like a... Wow. Uh, oh, a very loud refrigeration unit of some a, kind started up. From a practical standpoint, I would say if you're going to be the dungeon master, just roll a... Sit by yourself and roll a 20-sided die a bunch of times and record all the results. Then take that piece of paper and use it on air so you don't actually have to roll the dice every time. It cuts down quite a bit. Good answer. Good answer. Okay, huh. next question. That's real. Like a genuine nuts and bolts answer. Oh, yeah. All right. Thank you. <laughs> Hi, uh, my name is Matt, last name withheld. Uh, I drove up from North Carolina. I just wanted to shout out. Whoa. Oh, yeah. no, Singapore Whoa. was way more impressive. I'm just saying this because the New York Max Fun group is, like, amazing, and we want to, like, destroy them at some point, but it's going to be a couple years. It's amazing. I must destroy is them. This, yeah. Yeah, is this raw all of a sudden where you're yeah, like, hey, guys, I know bit. you're doing something, but check out and on Thursday. We're going to be doing, having this fight. Hate me. Hate so, me. <laughs> So my question is, so the first movie is pretty much, it's like Anastasia and Christian and her roommate, like a little bit in the beginning, but this movie introduced a number of characters that were kind of uh, affecting Christian's life and Anastasia's life. Which of those characters would you like to see in either like a David Fincher or Darren Aronofsky movie that was just about their life and all the weird fucked up shit that happened to them since they met Anastasia or Christian? Because there, there's so much baggage there for every one of them that shows up. I have an answer immediately. Okay. <laughs> All right. You know the scene where Anastasia's gotten the promotion and then the woman who has worked at that company for way longer yeah. <laughs> comes in and she's like, yeah, and she's like, oh, how does this work? I guess, I'll, I guess I'm your assistant now. And she's like, listen, I don't know. Let's just play it by ear. Don't get coffee for me unless you're getting coffee for yourself. Yeah, uh, because it's, she's, quoting, she's quoting her mom's movie, Working Girl. Oh! Yeah. Well, I didn't get that. No, no. I have to, when I was watching, I was like, they just stole from Working Girl. And my wife went, because that's because oh, it's her mom. Oh, yes, of course. Okay, now I get it. But, but anyway. Further... Okay, that's awesome. Thank you. Thank you, guys. But beyond that, uh, life is really fucked up for that woman who, like, should have gotten the promotion. <laughs> to be <laughs> very been honest, there for way longer. Anastasia had a great couple weeks at the office. Uh, yeah, so I would like to see the story of her. Because she's hot. She's been there longer. She, her name is Anna. Or she, her name is Hannah versus Anna, which they called her at the office. <laughs> no, yeah, this is. I'll, I'll watch this movie. All good yeah. stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Stop getting mad, Hallie. <laughs> yes. uh, I would like to see. I'd like to see a movie about Christians. Uh, is she a maid or? I yeah, think she's assistant? his assistant, but I don't. know. I mean, the stuff she's oh, seen. Yeah. When she cleans out that shower that I'm assuming squirts oh. out lube instead of yeah. water. <laughs> It's, it's like the girl with this not-quite-dragon tattoo, but pretty cool tattoo, but you never get to see it. Yeah, I think, I think that's right. I don't quite know what you mean, but let's go. <laughs> I think that, that's a good answer. We should move on to the next yeah. question. Good answers, good answers, good questions, good answers. That's the Flophouse way, yes? Hi, guys. Um, so my question is, uh, in the spirit of this franchise, what is your favorite most awkward or unconvincing sex scene in all of movies? 
Oh, there's oh, so Jesus many. Uh, well, you have one, Stuart, from your least favorite movie of all time, right? I mean, there is a scene in uh, the, wor- <laughs> the worst movie of all time uh, where the... <laughs> Give me one second. It name has Josh it. Hartnett in it. <laughs> name it. Do you remember the name? I, it's flopped it's got, right out of my head. It's got a number of days. And a number of nights. <laughs> 40 days and 40 nights, <laughs> yeah. guys. I did it. You're we, welcome. We got there together as a, as a team. So in this movie, there's a scene where Josh Hartnett, uh, abstaining from sex for Lent, like you do, uh, premarital sex. If he got married during the course of the movie, I guess he could have sex. That's fine. Um, but he brings Shannon Sossamon to climax by blowing flower petals across her tummy, which, dude, that counts as sex. Like a rose by any other name. Literally, because roses have petals. Did I vamp long enough? Yeah, yeah, no, that was good. Okay, cool. I just want to shout out to all of the uh, Cinemax and Showtime movies where uh, people are supposedly having sex and they do it in such a way where they contort... Their, their hand their is hand always is in front. always over the penetration area. And they appear to be having sex with the woman's navel. That's what I... Uh, that's I what would, I was going to say. That's that, led to some awkward moments for you, I'd imagine. Yeah. yeah. I'm like... No, this, I think uh, you do it like this. <laughs> this doesn't seem to be going anywhere, guys. TV <laughs> told me. I'm supposed to put my hand here. I don't know why. <laughs> Hallie, do you have one, or should we move on? Let's move on. Okay, good question. Thank you. Thanks for coming. Okay. Hi, uh, Brian, last name withheld. Um, Why is everyone so embarrassed about being a fan of your show? (laughs) Well, it's a weird show, Allie. Were you listening? Were you listening to our show? No one wants their name on record as a fan. Everyone in line is like, think of a fake name. Think of a fake name. Think of a fake name. Anastasia, last name with <laughs> Doug Ray. I'm, I'm Skeet. I'm Skeet Ulrich, if anyone asks. <laughs> oh, the other guy took Skeet. I can't say that. <laughs> oh, guys. Uh, I'll be Street. <laughs> Wait, that's not even a name. Uh, what I'm other like movies Skeet. have uh, examples of really shitty sex music that stand out to you? Oh. Obviously, it's Watchmen, dude. Yeah. <laughs> That's the most obvious one. Hallelujah. Fuck off. (laughs) So I already went, dude. Yeah, I'm not going to be able to think of that. I mean, then I'd have to go to the Skinamax well again. Yeah, no, that's what I was thinking (laughs) again. Although I would, if they had, if if there's a soundtrack album of the songs they play on those, I want to find out so I can buy it for Dan for his birthday. (laughs) I would hate it. Like, somebody could play that and I would see Dan start getting flustered. I don't. (laughs) He's like loosening his collar. I've already revealed too much about myself, but there, there is a song. Oh, guys. Here it comes. Just be ready Somebody for close this. that door. Yeah. No, they're like, in these Skinamax movies, there's a song that is used over and over and over again. It's clearly like, they, like some company bought it for their library. And, and these are, like, this these is are different perfect. movies, right? Not the these same movie. These are different movie. movies. I mean, they're all okay. as, and the TV shows, right? Yeah. They're all essentially the same production company. And they the always have bed. this song that goes, I want your love. I've got to have it. I need your love. I've got to have it. Yeah. <laughs> I've done karaoke with Dan like a lot, and he always does that song. 
Good question. Good question. Hi, I'm Erica. Hi, Erica. Hi, Erica. So, Elliot, you said earlier that this movie would make a lot more sense if uh, Christian Grey was a vampire. Yes. My understanding is that it actually started out as some kind of Twilight exactly. fan fiction. It was, yeah, it was Twilight fan fiction, this. and once you, once you think about that while you're watching it, you're like, oh, right. I get it. He's well, a vampire. Right? Yeah, yeah. so I, I wanted to know if there was any other exciting fan fiction, erotic or otherwise, that you would really like to see turned into a series of movies. I mean, some would say that many of the comic books produced today are just fan fiction with official imprature on them, but I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say that. Mm. Oh, lordy, that Xander Cage fan fiction. <laughs> Does that is is there something that more than that's more than meets the eye about this young lady hanging out with Xander Cage, Elliot? Uh, we'll have to, read, have the to read the story. Sorry <laughs> to find out. And then that, produce my screenplay adapted from that short story. <laughs> I don't I'm like I don't I guess I don't know fan fiction well enough. Uh, Hallie, you write a lot of it, right? <laughs> but it's mostly about people you know. Yeah, it's about you and Care Bears. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. people she knows. Okay. Two things I know. Yeah. Uh, I don't have but it's really answer. romantic, right? It's not. It's, it's not really the sex that you're interested in. It's no, the it's not romantic. It's dirty. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> it's a new meaning to the word care. Man, but I don't know. That's a good question. We're gonna have to do some research and get back to you on that one. Thank you. Next question. Okay, this question is for Dan. Is Jackie Chan in this movie? <laughs> <laughs> it's a good question, dude. All right. Can you answer this? So, okay. He was in Mr. Nice Guy. <laughs> he was in Rumble in the Bronx. He was in Police Story. I think Jackie Chan was n not in this movie. Okay. Uh, yes. Thank you. Good job, dude. Mine's not going to be as funny as that. Uh, Will... Last name withheld, hyphen last way, last name withheld. A hyphenated last name uh. withheld. Oh. There's a story uh, behind that. Withheld? <laughs> yes. Okay. For different amounts of time. <laughs> so you guys have talked on the show about actors who are good to great actors, like Idris Elba, who either out of shady decisions or financial necessity always end up in bad movies. Who are bad actors you think constantly end up in good movies? Otherwise, good movies. Ooh, time to burn some bridges. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, there's a certain actor who I'm not a fan of who is on the, has been on the skids a little bit, but for a while he was in everything. Who I don't want to give away who he is, but his name rhymes with LaRuff. His name rhymes with Niall LaRuff. And for a while he was in every single movie, and I was like, he's fine. Why is he in every movie? And then I remember talking to a coworker of mine who was a girl or a lady, and she was like, oh, you don't get it. <laughs> and I do not. You know, I think, I, I can't think of, I think of more like actors that keep getting miscast. Like there was a period of time where Colin Farrell, who I think is very good in certain things, they kept putting him as like the badass lead in an action movie. And I'm like, I don't wanna see that, dude. <laughs> But he has a pretty good range, and he's a good actor. Just not in that, man. <laughs> but I thought he was good in uh, the, you know. 
He was great in You Know. Yeah. You know, the season two of the True Detective, right? What are you talking about? <laughs> uh, I mean... That was his no. thing, thing that he was really good at for me. Really? Yeah. That was like the one Not thing like he was good at. Not like in Bruges or... No. The yeah. lobster he's great in. Fuck the lobster, dude. Yeah. Fuck the lobster. Fuck the lobster. Do you... Yeah. I'm I don't like the you. lobster either. I don't like the lobster. Oh my everybody's God, we gotta like, talk everybody's about Everybody's like, oh my God, this is so interesting. It's like, oh my God, it's about online dating. It's like a cultural like online commentary dating. on online da- Yeah. That's what it's about. Oh, I didn't take that from it. We're gonna have to have <laughs> sure, a te- we'll we're gonna have to have a long lobster conversation later over lobster. I'm a vegetarian. Oh, well, you can. I'll stuff your lobster shell full of broccoli. Dan, okay. do you want to talk shit about any actors? Uh, I don't know. Like all the people I can think of are just like Dan's. Like I like all the actors. No, it's just like it's not worth it. Like. I don't know, like, there's people like Henry Cavill who, like, has shown up in bad movies, but then is like, he's now fine. he's Superman, and it's just like, all right, you know, you're Superman, I guess you're Superman. There's a, there's a, there's a trend in That's Hollywood. That's Dan being excited. Yeah. There's a trend in Hollywood for what I would call uninteresting faces. Just okay. kind of like the same handsome face, and I kind of miss more interesting faces. In yeah. the silent era, it was all about faces. Let me take you back to a no, magical no, time. No, 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 no. We're going way over time. But I feel like we should get through these uh, three last questions. Hi. I'm Hi. Minimus Maximus. Hey. And I will not withhold anything. Uh, I'm actually in BDSM. And, cool. Um, thank you. Uh, off the Cuffs podcast, if I can give a plug. Um, and okay, we'll charge you later. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, people that are actually that I know in BDSM hate these movies because they're so misrepresentative. Uh, so I was wondering if there are any movies that you guys uh, hate because they're misrepresentative of things you enjoy or, or things you do or things like that. Hmm. I mean, well, you all, you guys always talk about Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip as being yeah, the most yeah. accurate show. But I've about gone from hating TV it to comedy. loving it. When okay. it was a television show on the air, I was like, oh, I hate it. But now that it's dead, I'm like, oh, I love it now because it's harmless to me. The same way that, like, if there's a serial killer who's around now, this is terrifying. But there's something about old timey serial killers or criminals where you're like, eh, well, that's interesting. You know, what a, what a scamp. Can't hurt me now. Yeah, what a rascal. <laughs> Now, Elliot, are you telling me that in all your time as head writer of The Daily Show with Jon Stewart and head writer of Mystery Science Theater 3000, The Return, there... Thank you. There was no time where there, were a, there was not a gaggle of people outside your office waiting for you to come out so you could give him your signature? Nope. That never <laughs> happened. I mean, the, the, if it was a really accurate show, then the character would be all stressed out all week rushing to make something done. And then he'd go to some kind of function that his parents' friends are at. And then he'd tell them what he's working on. And they'd be like, uh, I, mean, I don't know what that is and it doesn't sound interesting to me. <laughs> like, why don't you work on like CSI? <laughs> that would be the experience, yeah, yeah. But no, we, I, you know, we don't live in the magical universe they created where sketch comedy is the highest and form, most popular oh, form of yeah. entertainment. The head writer is the biggest star, and conservative Christians hate it. <laughs> what are you going to do? It's a beautiful world we'll never live in. You know, for a little, 
Uh, I don't dislike it because it's totally inaccurate, but there's, uh, there's that Ryan Reynolds comedy waiting about people who work in a restaurant together. And I mainly don't like it because there was a period of time where everybody I talked to when I was, uh, I think it was when I was working at Bob Evans or shortly after, people were like, oh, you got to watch this movie. You're really going to love it. <laughs> and when I was working for Games Workshop, like multiple dudes got fired for doing pranks based on that movie. Like, what's wrong with you, dude? <laughs> I thought you were going to say that Tom Hanks movie where Dungeons and Dragons drives him crazy. <laughs> Mazes and Monsters, thank you. Yeah, that shit's real. <laughs> that shit's real fake. Yeah. Doesn't ever happen. Next question, please. Thank you for that one. Hello. Hey. My, na- my name is James Lundine. Hey. Big fan of the show. Oh, thanks. Thank you. Thanks for coming. My question is, what is your favorite PG-13 or lower move- movie that is appropriately or inappropriately extremely pornographic? <laughs> Um. All right. Pretty Woman. I, pretty Woman. It, pretty Woman is not an R movie. That's a PG-13 movie. Oh, no. Then why did my parents let me watch it? Because <laughs> they were like, Hallie, we want to show you what love is like. And they did. There are two movies that involve Tanya Roberts bathing naked in rivers or pools that are PG rated. There's two? Yeah. Beastmaster and Sheena. Oh, I forgot about Beastmaster. And both of them would play all the time on HBO. And if you were lucky, you would catch the exact right moment on them. I mean, just one of the guys is PG-13, right? It is? Yeah. May, I don't know. I don't, it, I don't know. I don't it's remember. Not, it's certainly not our. I mean, my parents also PG. showed that to me, but I'm unmoored uh, right now. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe it's rated G. You've, you've gone mad like a character in a, at the end of an Edgar Allan Poe story. <laughs> I don't know. Our so, whole relationship is a lie at this point. <laughs> so for like a PG-13 like kind of sexual movie, I think I'd have to pick... Uh, the Sam Raimi movie, Drag Me to Hell. Because there's all that barfing and gross stuff. Wait, that's sexual? Yeah, dude, I'm kind of into that stuff. There's like a demon and a gypsy lady. Nothing more sexual than you're about to eat a piece of cake and there's an eye looking at you. It's so it. oopy and gloopy. <laughs> they should have called Warning. that movie Oopy and Gloopy. <laughs> oopy. But that's Everyone's the tagline, Drag Me to Hell, Oopy and Gloopy. Now, warning, a cat does die in that movie. Oh, I know. But it's but like it, a bad cat, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he has I mean, an eye not, patch and wears a bandana. <laughs> it's not Top Cat, you know? It's not like it's... It's not Cat from it's Sabrina the Teenage Witch. You know, it's not Heathcliff. Garfield's a bad cat, so it oh, could be Garfield. Yeah. All right. Everyone's getting restless. Let's get sure, to the last okay, question. Okay, one last question. Right. We got one last question. Then we can send you all home to, I assume, do it like you heard about in the movie. Emily, last name withheld. I would like to know what the flop house cat thought of this movie. Mm. Oh. I'll have to send him a text. <laughs> wow. While Stewart's doing he's, that. Oh. He's been drinking too. He didn't watch the movie at all. <laughs> okay, well, uh, I'll have to show it to him later. What do you, what do you think he's going to say? What would you guess? You know, I think he's going to say... Ra-ra-ra! 
And I'm like, get out of here. It wasn't that good. <laughs> Wait, so when he's like Chewbacca, when he says that, you understand it as sentences? Uh, I think Chewbacca's like him. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Guys, it's been a lot of fun tonight. We appreciate everyone coming out. Elliot. Thank you for being here. Elliot, this is going to be your last live show as a, uh, a full-time resident of New York. Uh, yeah, last one of these recordings, yeah. Yeah. I gotta... Hey, you know yeah. what, guys? You're Maybe right. He... <laughs> I won't move. You won me over. <laughs> Dan, I'm still going to move. I know. I know. It's a bittersweet thing. You know, it's yeah. a bittersweet symphony. That's life. <laughs> I, think, right. I think you owe the Rolling Stones money now. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, thank you guys so much for coming out. It's been a blast. You guys have been so great. Thank everyone who came for the first show, too. Uh, thanks to Hallie. Thanks for Hallie for being The star there. of the show. And... Uh, Thanks to our booth crew. Thanks to everybody here at yeah. the Bell House. Thanks to the bartenders. Thanks For, to the security people. Thanks to the chandeliers. No, no, we're not good night mooning this. For the Flop House, I've been Dan McCoy. <laughs> I've been Stuart Wellington. I've been Elliot Kalen, uh, somewhat sad. I'm Hal Hagland. <laughs> Thank you, everybody. Some of the more eagle-eyed people in the audience who can count have noticed that there are four chairs out here. Dan, Dan, are you implying that there are people in the audience who can't count? I'm implying that there's some non-eagle-eyed people out there. Okay. People who have not stolen an eye from an eagle and put it right in their own <laughs> eye. Sure. No, you got me. <laughs> I shouldn't have critiqued you. Does that work? Because <laughs> my eyes are terrible. <laughs> it works, but I mean, if you want to desecrate the symbol of our great nation, Elliot, just to improve your own vision, then very fine. much so, yes. All right. <laughs> MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.